As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. See how I can just turn that on like that? Oh, yeah, I wasn't supposed to say that part, but and I have to turn my fan off this time. There we go. No helicopters in the background, although I am in a, a, a new part of a city that, that would more likely have helicopters than the old part of the city I was in. The Black Hawk kind or the police kind? A little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Who knows anymore? Um, actually, where I'm at is a pretty big, like, general air force and everything overfly point. But but that uh, other voice you heard there, I'm Scott McGregor, by the way. And the other voice you heard there was Mr. David Pascarella, a guest on the show occasionally. And, Great to be back again. Yeah, and uh, we're going to do kind of a little special episode. Once again, I'm, I'm going to apologize. Um, some speedster, uh, maybe even one on the show we're going to talk about tonight, uh, has, has once again screwed up the Weekly Heroics timeline and universe, and we're breaking our, our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. run again. We've, we've been promising to get to the end of the first season recaps on that for almost as long as the first season went on now. So apologies for that, but it's also been a moving week from hell, or a couple moving weeks from hell, and and I'm going to give David some proper props on this one. This man here has been giving me some very nice advice um, about things of, uh, you know, real estate and apartment stuff nature, and I'm not going to go into specifics, but I appreciate it, sir. Thank you for all you've done for me. My pleasure. How to buy real estate, no money down. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the only real estate I can afford. <laughs> no money down and no payments, preferably. <laughs> which is the situation I was almost looking at for a while, uh, which is also known as homelessness. Um, but uh, uh, Mr. Pascarelli here uh, eased my mind because he was much more knowledgeable about certain things than I was. And I just want to give him a thumbs up that you can't see on all that. But Thank to, you, sir. Tonight, uh, we are going to talk about something we we have covered, like, one episode of Powerless on this show, um, and we've been debating on whether... We were debating on whether or not to cover more before they ended up inevitably canceling it, and they did, um, which is a bummer, because it was starting to grow on me, but we may still go back and cover those eventually, because I'm thinking... I'm thinking, David. It only aired like nine episodes, I think. Maybe even just eight in some markets. I, I swear I only got C8. I think we only got eight down here. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go out and I'll, I'm going to be the first one to say it. That it's it's the uh, the Alan Tudyk curse, but because um, he was on another show a while back, you might have heard about called Firefly that didn't do so hot, but a lot of people liked. So maybe Alan's just got this thing that any show he's on fails miserably, but will eventually become this huge cult hit. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Powerless is, is going to maybe get there. Not quite Firefly cult hit, but 
Who knows? We'll need a movie to wrap everything up. Sure, why not? And, you know, uh, we've got plenty of DC movie people out there that we could make that happen, so... Um, but if you've never watched an episode of Powerless, uh, it was this little show that came out about uh, Wayne Securities. Of course, uh, we know who that is related to. Uh, in Charm City, that, that makes basically gadgets to protect people from supervillain attacks and or the odd Superman-related uh, injuries that happen <laughs> in some movies. And, you it's know, the questions but, you've always had yeah, about you know, the regular folk. Yeah, yeah, or or didn't know you had, you know, presumably. <laughs> but, you know, it's a wacky group of office people, basically. Maybe not wacky enough, uh, but it had, it had some moments. But um, due to the... We're going to a little dual thing tonight. Due to the recent, not so recent now, but recent passing of uh, Mr. Adam West, um, who we all know as the TV Batman, um... Uh, they released uh, one of the episodes that he was on. Adam West did a cameo on, or a little part um, th- that never aired, so, but they released it as a, kind of a tribute to Adam West. So we're, we're going to do the recap thing on that, and it was a really good episode, actually, and it kind of makes you a little sad that, that maybe they didn't pop it on earlier, and maybe that would have saved the show. Um, but we're also just, we'll talk about, maybe we'll just lead with that. We'll talk a little bit about what Adam West meant to us as an actor and stuff. And, you know, I think we're both around the same age that we probably grew up with that as one of our first experiences of Batman ever. Yes, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain. I probably even, uh, it's hard to place. I either had the, the big uh, Batman 30s to the 70s hardcover book that I stole from my local library first where I saw Batman on TV first. I'm not sure which happened first, but um, those were definitely my first experiences. So, um, Yeah, for, for me, the TV show, without a doubt, was my introduction to Batman. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I, it was so much more, and I didn't even realize when I was watching it, I was already watching reruns of it, of course, because I was watching it like early 70s, and it was already in syndication. Because um, it was strictly a 60s show, wasn't it? It didn't go past 69? No, it didn't go past the 60s. Right. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I caught it on one of our local channels that played, you know, including Star Trek Two, which I thought was like, oh, this new star, this new show called Star Trek in 1975. No, not really. But it was, it was new to me. Um, and I, I loved it. You know, obviously the style was, was 60s, not 70s, and, but there was still enough of that going on that it's like, yeah, I recognize these people. Um, that's how badly my parents dress. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so it was just cool. It was just cool seeing all these wacky characters. And, you know, I wasn't, uh, I hadn't even had the concept of a serious Batman really in my brain yet. So I had no problem with, Silly uh, Batusi shark repellent Batman. Um, you know, some sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. Exactly, and and yeah, the the plots and the, the the villains were just were the best part, pretty much. I mean, you know, and uh, well, you know, I I was young enough that I took it as serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was only true. later on that oh, this is supposed to be funny, right? And I even got like who the little cameos and stuff were in the the climbing sequences, and you know all these great seventy stars that would pop up. Uh- <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know the funny thing is, 
that was part of my TV block when I was a kid. Yeah. I'd come home from school, and it, we got out at 2.30 because it was Catholic school. 3 o'clock, I believe, was Batman. 3.30 was The Adventures of Superman. Yeah. And 4 o'clock was The Lone Ranger. There you go. I was probably watching on the same channel you were because we used to get, like, that was some of our local stuff was getting, uh, you know, New York City channels, like Channel 9, I think, at W. XTI maybe or something I don't know whatever the big channel 9 is down there was uh, W-O- it was W-O-R that, I believe oh yeah yeah that might have been a, a WPIX maybe yep that was 11 yep that's it that was uh, yep so so yeah we literally were maybe watching it about the, the same times <laughs> and it, it was only later on that I you know was introduced to the comic books yeah and Coming to the comic books, you know, when it was, was kind of gritty in the 70s in the comics, coming to those books after having watched the show, my first question was, who is this Commissioner Gordon? He looks nothing like the guy on television. Yeah, yeah. And where's Chief O'Hara? Yeah, yeah, that was a big one for me. Where the hell's Chief O'Hara? Did he die in the comics? <laughs> and then I had some kid I went to school with who gave me this big cock and bull story that the Joker killed Chief O'Hara in the comic. I, I would have thought that was legit. I would have probably believed that. Yep. <laughs> you know, we couldn't go to Wikipedia and check this stuff out back then. Yeah, and apparently not tonight either, because um, I should have had some factoids ready for this, but it's been a long day, folks, that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, actually, I think I did see the show before I got that book, because when I got that book, which was, it had the origin story, of course, and it was like 30s to the 70s, I think I flipped through that thing till I found, like, the color Silver Age Batman, because I'm like, where the fuck is my Batman? You know, and it's like, oh, he's here in the 70s, of course he is. And so, yeah, uh, so Wacky Batman was pretty much, you know, my my experience in the books and on the TV. Well, let, let me date things even more. Going back to that point, I forget how old I must have been, maybe five for that age, mm-hmm. we weren't in the best financial shape back then. Right. We didn't have a color television. So I would sit in the kitchen watching, you know, Batman on this black and white set. And it would always come on and say, in color. Yeah. I don't understand what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> wrong. It's not in color. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that was my experience, too. We didn't have a, you know, I think we... we the family finally splurged and we got our, our first uh, color TV around the time that HBO first launched and, and we got that too. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, yeah, and then I think I, I doubt I even noticed the in color thing, but then you know later on it's like Superman was still black and white, but Batman's in color. What happened there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another era. People can't even appreciate that today. No. Rabbit ears, you know? You know, it's appropriate. I record these podcasts we do in my daughter's room. They're not here, of course. And I have hanging on the wall in their room. Back in the 90s, I took a trip to Vegas with my uncle. Mm-hmm. And they had a store that sold, you know, like autographs. Right. I have hanging up right here on the wall an autographed picture of Yvonne Craig. Oh, 
and it's split in half where the left side is her in the Barbara Gordon outfit and the right side is in the Batgirl outfit. Oh, would that poster have served me well in my youth? <laughs> but that would have been even like at that a age, close second to, to Farrah Fawcett right there. <laughs> to me, she blew Farrah Fawcett away. No, I'm sorry. Me too. Yeah, no, I, I have much, much greater... Uh, appreciation of Barbara Gordon now that I did then. And when you would watch that old Batman show and saw the motorcycle go by with her, this was an episode to watch. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Who was your favorite villain on that? Oh, man, it's that's just so... Give me your top three. Like asking me my favorite child, if I had a child. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was always just the hugest Vincent Price fan, so Egghead was like to see him come on as Egghead was just amazing, and uh, so I, I think I'm going to go the uh, the unconventional here, but Egghead King Tut, King King Tut, yeah, was one of my just awesome because I was always into the Egyptology shit, and King Tut, of course, in those days was very big, um, and just you know the Joker, obviously, I mean all of them, you know, paying, they were just such iconic performances of all of them, and like stuff like Egghead and King Tut were like on the more reserved end of the villains on Batman, but Frank Gorshin, yeah, I, I top ten I could give you, but uh, <laughs> the big five would be you know Catwoman, Riddler, Joker, King Tut, Egghead, you know. Well, see, Catwoman, you have to specify. Mine would be Lee Merriweather, Catwoman. That, I, I think she was maybe my favorite, but you know that's. Again, it's one of the first times I, I, my little brain went like, Eartha Kit doesn't look like me, but man, she looks good. <laughs> so, I, I think Batman may have helped my worldview a little bit in that too. It's like, well, shit, man, Batman doesn't have any problem with the chocolate goddesses. Why should I? Uh, <laughs> Wasn't um uh. Uh, Frank Gorsha was the Riddler, right? But wasn't the guy, was John Aston? Didn't he play the Riddler too, at least once? Oh, the guy I, from yeah, Adam's Adam family. I think you are right, David. I, I, yeah, I'm almost positive you're right. Almost positive. Let me, let me, hopefully we won't. erase you to the Google here. Uh, John Aston as the Riddler. I love Google. Yeah, there he is. He had a hat on, right? Yeah, 1966. No, no, no hat that I'm no seeing. Hat. A nice big question mark cane, and uh, he's a little pudgier than Gorshin. Took over for the second season's only Riddler appearance, apparently. Huh. Yeah. And I think there were two, if I'm not, two Mr. Freezes, too. Uh, yeah, I think you're right there. But apparently this was due to Frank Gorshin asking for a pay raise for the second season. So they just said, no, nope, bye-bye. This guy from the Adams Family needs a job. So, bye. So, <laughs> so he was kind of like the Grady Bird of the Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> yeah, or the second Darren, I guess. Would be. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to pay you more. We'll just replace, just replace you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you can get away with that now, but the people didn't really care back then as much because there was no choice back then, basically. that's Now it's like, oh, you're going to ruin my favorite show? I'll just watch a hundred other ones. This was like, shit, Batman's the only thing on it this hour. So I'll, I'll deal with John Aston as the Riddler. <laughs> yeah. We had four channels. We had like four channels, people. That's Yeah, we're old. 
Okay. We've established that. We remember when the TV went off at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, you know, our Star Spangled Banner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I watch the Canadian channel a lot, so I learned all Canada pretty well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Besides, the Canadian Channel would show boobies on regular TV back then. It would. It was awesome. Oh, how lucky for you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it pays oh, to live thanks. close to the border. We were like 30 <laughs> miles from Canada, so we were, yeah, a lot of Canadian stuff coming over the, coming over the airwaves. That's fascinating. I never knew that. Yeah, first, I, I forget what the first movie I saw was, but I was watching something. Oh, my God, it was... Uh, Oh, what is the movie? Now the the title's right on the edge of my brain, but it was a Chris Christopherson. It, I'm thinking Old Man in the Sea, but it was something like that. Oh, Chris, okay, gotta look it up. It's gonna be a longer one than we expected, kids. Sorry about that, but DV, because I have to know. But this movie was nearly pornographic, and it was like a '70s movie. And I'm watching it on Canadian TV one night, and that's probably when I started puberty. Um, Chris Christopherson. That's about the only thing I remember is him being in it. And it was just bizarre. There was like this kid with green hair or something, and the kids were plotting to murder the sailor, and there was just lots of really explicit sex. And, alright, let's see here. It would have been about 1970-something... Had to be seventies. Maybe he's so embarrassed of that movie he decided not to list it. <laughs> I could have imagined the whole thing. I don't know. Now, where the hell is it? All right, um, weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. If anyone wants to, please email me and tell me I'm not crazy that. Chris Christopherson was in a movie that had the titles like Sailor and Sea in it and was had a lot of boobs. That's all I remember. I can't have hallucinated this. <laughs> Maybe we need to do a commentary on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that the ah oh. Alright, this is just gonna drive me nuts. Never mind, we'll get back to the show now. Uh, I know I didn't imagine this. It was like, and they said, too, too integral to my my young loins. <laughs> it was probably literally the first time I'd seen boobs. Anywho, already too much talk about boobs, but uh, there's no, there's never too much. I see. I don't, I don't even remember barely, uh, Mister. Uh, uh, Hold on. on there. Hold it. Yeah. Is it the sailor who fell from grace yes. with the sea? Yes. 1976. All right. See, I, where'd you find that, IMDb? No, Wikipedia. Ah, it's not. Because, you know, IMDb. nothing's wrong on Wikipedia. Right, well, th- th- this it's got one over IMDb at this point because it wasn't on there. But, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Who is the actress in that? Because she was actually pretty famous, but... Hold on, let me see. If it gives anything. Cast. Sarah Mills. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Margot Cunningham, but she's listed as Mrs. Palmer, so I guess not. It was twisted, but there you go, Canadian TV. First, first I knew of Chris Christopherson and boobs. See, now, if he had been a guest on either the Batman 66 show or Powerless, it would have tied right in. 
There you go. I'm surprised. I still can't think. It may not be able to be proved that he wasn't, you know, one of the window cameos. Who knows? He was very big back then. Anything is possible. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of the window cameos because I I didn't know who these people were. A, a lot of them, like, Artie Johnson would show up every now and then, I think. And, like, you know, some of the 70s game shows and stuff I was watching but really had no idea who a lot of these stars were would show up. Um, but that was always cool, the climbing scenes. Um, I think, wasn't Lurch one? Probably, yeah. Why wouldn't you lur- use Lurch if you had him? <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> It's all kind of fuzzy. I, I've never really gone back and watched Batman 66 again. I should. I've watched the movie multiple times. Um, you know, mostly with, like, an idiot with women I'm trying to get to know. And, like, oh, you should watch this with me and, and learn what a nerd I am. And if you're still around afterwards, then I might have a chance. <laughs> batting about 500 on that, maybe. Um <laughs> And so, you know, I I don't even remember, like, what episode took place when or anything like that. But, I mean, it was just so influential on, you know, probably everything to come because I'm obviously a superhero guy. Big surprise. This is the show I do. Uh, So it's just, yeah, the the beginning of a long, sad addiction to to superheroes on TV that that birthed this show. So thank you, Adam West. (laughs) What, if any, problems did you have with that show? I mean, I, I think I just watched it through such innocent eyes that I just, I, there, I couldn't, there's no way I could find any. I mean, I think maybe even the, the no, you know, I was going to say maybe the, the animated sound effects got to me, but I think after a while it's like the main reason I was watching it to see what sound effects they would use that week. <laughs> you know, we're going to get a biff or a bam this week, or is it just going to be a kapow? Uh- <laughs> My biggest question as a child, the thing that kept me, me up at night was who the hell laid that phone line to the bad cave? <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, did the phone company come in and just do it? So that then don't they know where the bad cave is? The, the bad phone company, you know, it, they, Bruce has got his own little private company that just comes in and, and he gives them Batman forget gas after every job. And you know, he's got Batman forget gas somewhere. I mean, come on. Uh, it's necessary stuff, but I actually, I think the biggest one that, that bugged me was how they changed so quickly, you know, yeah. sliding down the, the fire poles. <laughs> you know, I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> sliding down the pole. You know, all of a sudden they're in costume. It's like, okay, uh, just magic. You know, but it didn't really question it back then probably because Wonder Woman could just do it by spinning. So why the hell not? Uh, <laughs> all right, why not? <laughs> So do you think Aunt Harriet found his stash of forgetful gas and that explained everything? That would explain a lot, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for Aunt Harriet. Yeah, yeah, it's missed her in the comics, too. It's like, what happened? Did <laughs> <Where'd> she go? <laughs> and to think Alfred could dress up as Batman and nobody noticed the difference. Yeah, well, you know, the mustache wouldn't give it away or anything. Um Yep. Now, you know, said I was a kid, man. I, I bought anything you wanted to shovel in my young brain at that point. So <laughs> it was just glorious. See, it's a lot of fun to look back at it and, and good fun pick it apart. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you look back and something, the jewelry store got robbed, right? Yeah. 
Well, this looks like a job for Batman. Yeah. So what exactly are we paying you people for? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aren't cops, you the chief of police? <laughs> cops relied on it a little too much. There was budget cuts. The only cops that actually existed were him and O'Hara, so <laughs> they needed Batman. They're like, oh, we're screwed. Uh, yeah. But it was just, you know, it was just glorious. It was, it was, it was the hero. You know, he was the the ultimate. He was not the anti-hero that I did come to love as Batman later on. But you know, you don't need that all the time either. It was just glorious, you know, black and white, right and wrong, and uh, him stopping bad guys. It was kind of like Mayberry with superheroes. Yeah, and, and you know, you actually it's. Just, like any good comic series, I mean, I think you kind of rooted for the bad guys a little bit, or you at least rooted for, it's like, oh, what is, you know, what's the dastardly trap that King Tut's going to, you know, put on him this time, and how are they going to get out of it, you know? I'm yeah. going to attempt the uh, the guy that actually did that voiceover during the show. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, the, uh, none of the bad guys were, they were criminals, but they weren't sadistic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they always had a death trap, but it would have been easier just to shoot the two of them and right, be done yeah. with it. Yeah, I don't think they ever had a gun on the program. Nah, probably not. I mean, you know, the Joker might have had the ones with the flags that come out. But, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, I mean, back then you just could not get away with, you know, if you put Batman on TV, there'd be, like, beheadings and shit. You know, the, the villains would be... <laughs> You know, mass murderers. <laughs> well, Gotham. yeah, Gotham. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, that that show does not exist in Scott's dojo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get that forget gas out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Adam West himself. Well, what were your opinions of him? I mean, he was just you know probably wanted to be my dad, and my buddy. You know, um, wanted to fight crime with him. You know, it was just I wanted to use all the bat gadgets, and, and my dad at the time um, might have been going through his midlife crisis early because he he bought himself a, a seventy six Corvette at one point, navy blue Corvette. You know, looked black in the right light. And that was my fucking Batmobile, you know, it was like, I would just literally beg my father to take me to, and ride, you know, rides in that thing, I didn't care if it was around the block, uh, I just wanted to sit back in that thing, and, you know, and, and he'd, he'd role play a little with me, and we'd do the Batman and Robin thing, and it was just glorious, so, you know, it, it definitely influenced me then, and, uh, I don't know how much now, I mean, it's always kind of just weird, you know, it's not like Adam West left us early. He was like, what, like 88, you know, yeah. life, life well lived. Um, but it just makes you reflect. For one, it makes you realize how goddamn old you are, um, if you even remember these people. And it just, you know, gives you warm fuzzies doing the memory thing. And, and he did some great work. You know, he just one of those things he got typecast, basically. I don't know if he worked a lot after it, but, I mean, he worked a lot in more recent years doing stuff on Family or it was Family Guy right not American Dad I'm thinking wasn't it Family Guy that he actually basically played himself like the mayor of the town I think it might have been I, I never watched anything of Family Guy yeah I, I watched the first couple seasons and it was even too twisted for my weird brain and that's not a small metric to meet um, he was on that 
episode of Batman the Animated Series. Did you ever see that one? I've, no, I've not caught that one yet. The Grey Ghost one, you mean? The Grey Ghost. Yeah. It was really such a well done, and it, it kind of really did make you feel a little bit bad for him. Yeah, because, um, yeah, let's face it, I mean, Burt Ward didn't do a hell of a lot either. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, maybe write a couple books about how many people Adam West had slept with and he'd slept with. Um, but, yeah, and that happened, I think, to a lot of actors back then. And, and some managed to, like, resurface in the 21st century and get some good gigs like that, and that's awesome. And in a way, yeah, they're they're playing off their own running joke or their own misfortune almost, but it, thank God someone's given him a paycheck for it at least. And uh, yeah, he went out on a high note, man. He, and he was always doing the conventions. And I'm, I'm so jealous of Honeywell because we went to a Atlantic City Boardwalk Con a couple of years ago. And, and, you know, he was one of the guys there. And I was, I just, I, I can't spend a hundred bucks to get someone's autograph. I probably could have afforded to, that weekend, but I I couldn't decide who it was going to be, for one, because, like, Stanley was there, Adam West was there, like, a dozen people that I would have loved to have met were there. Um, but I guess Honeywell ran into him on the way to the bathroom, you know, just <laughs> bumped Jeez. into him, basically, like, you fucker. <laughs> I hope he wasn't standing at the urinal next to him and turned no, to him. Was Aren't you Adam out? West and Pete all over him? Mm-hmm. But, um... So, you know, at least he had his brush with, with fame. I got a couple pictures of the Batmobile. I'm a happy camper. Um, we missed the opportunity. Yeah. The first Comic-Con Teresa and I went to, it was a choice of meeting him or Carrie Fisher. Mm. We went with her. Yeah, it's a tough one. But, yeah, I think you made the right choice there. <laughs> but uh, to, before we get to Powerless, if I may, yeah, you know, I watched it on YouTube and... You know how it lines up the next related video? Mm-hmm. The next one was the uh, coverage of the lighting of the bat signal. Ah, uh, cool. At L.A. City Hall. Well played, YouTube. Well played. And I have to say, you know, we watched it. And I didn't know about, you know, a lot about Adam West more recently. But according to the mayor of Los Angeles and the other folks who spoke, he really did a lot of charitable work that I don't remember ever hearing about, particularly with children who ironically had cancer. Well, then, you know, he's probably one of those actually humble people that just didn't care to get that recognition. He actually did it just to do it, you know. And he was married to the same woman since 1970. Wow. Awesome. Which in Hollywood, you figure, well, you know what, today, let's face it, in the real world, that's wow. Yeah, well, you know, it's been like, what, a coin flip for for about as long as we've had marriage, pretty much. So, yeah. 50-50. <laughs> but, uh, smart gamble, kids, but sometimes it works. It was really, it was very touching, and I recommend everyone take a, a gander at it. It's hosted by the mayor of L.A. and the the real chief of police. It's always nice, too, when you get to memorialize someone just for, just that they made people happy. You know, it doesn't, it's not like a slain leader or, you know, a war hero or, you know, that got blown up saving 10 of his friends or something. It's just, this guy just went out, did his job, made a lot of people laugh and smile. And, you know, that's, that's uh, as good a legacy as you can leave behind, I think, in this world. So, Amen well to that. done, Mr. West. Well done. 
Yes. Um, you know, it's just obvious that stuff like that, it's just, you know, he's just, he's just an icon. He, he's influenced so much of our culture. Uh, and you don't think a silly TV show should be able to do that, but they do. It's, I don't know if it's necessarily healthy <laughs> that we make TV people that big, um, but I can't see any bad things coming out of it, so why not, you know? No, that show, there was nothing bad to come out of it. No. Other than some bad puns. Yeah, you know. And, uh, yeah, as I said, it's just his piece of TV history, and he's... I, I know he did other stuff. I mean, he used to do some old westerns and stuff, didn't he? I know I've actually seen some. Um, I know he did do some older movies and older TV and things like that, but, you know, it's one of the... He's typecast forever. He's just Batman, you know. Yeah, uh, so sad, but, you know, as I said, it's it's hard to be sad for a life well lived at 88. No, we should all be that lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on to this, uh, said it was it was a bittersweet episode uh, for many reasons, and that you know it's it's like I, I did kind of start really getting into the show and hoping it would survive. Uh, you know, I actually start did latching onto the characters, and they don't give you much to care about. They're just all silly stereotypes, but uh, you know they they were growing on me. So I guess was, this was supposed to be episode eleven. Go ahead, David. Was was this episode we we're going to do tonight? Was that the last one they shot all together, or no? There's one more. There's twelve. This was supposed to be. I, I think the original order for the show. My understanding was maybe only twelve episodes, mm. or at least that's as many as they shot before they, you know, somebody maybe greenlit a second half of the season. But this was supposed to be like the penultimate. Episode and then the one after it is, uh, I guess the season finale or was supposed to be. Um, so this was called Win Luther Draw. Um, ha ha ha. And we've got our, our, our main protagonist, Emily. She comes into the office telling the crew about her triumph of buying her first condominium. And she invites everyone to the housewarming and pulls them to the window to see it. And, of course, while they're checking it out, the gang sees a bunch of alien ships flying near her building, and they fire a laser that destroys it. And so the Wayne security team, including Van, or Alan Tudyk, is watching the news where uh, anchor Gail Simone, which I knew this was going to be a little Easter egg, so I looked it up, but uh, Gail Simone was actually a DC comic writer that worked on Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman. So something just rang in my brain. It's like, look up that name. Because um, this show did hide a few Easter eggs here and there very well, and it was neat. Um, but uh, Gail Simone is talking about a wormhole opening up in Charm City and letting a bunch of aliens in. And she then makes a pres- uh, nice reference to President Luther hmm. and his obvious, uh, obviously Trumpian announcement that an alien will be uh, alien wall will be built. And uh, politics aside, it's a, I think personally, it's a stupid for a show like this to date itself with real world things like that, especially a comic show. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's stupid writing. I don't know why you would ever want to do that to your show by dating it to a specific you can talk about politics stuff all you want in allegory and you know all the names change to protect the innocent so yeah i just keep your politics away i'll say this about any show or just keep your politics your specific politics away from my comic book shows please from now on 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they put it in with a shovel in two places. Yeah, you know, they've done it on Supergirl, too, and it's it, whatever. As I said, whatever you're... Yeah, I, I guess every every president is, is always the butt of jokes, but, I mean, I don't think it's necessary to, to go specific like that. Although it does sound like something President Luther would do, let's all be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So Van gets a text saying Wayne headquarters was hit, and he learns that a board member has been killed, which he seems a bit less than grief-stricken about, as it means a possibility for promotion for him. Uh, Emily comes in lamenting about how she literally lost everything and nothing is covered, because although she had alien insurance, very important, um, they were future aliens, so technically it hasn't happened yet. I like that little bit of comic science. And that that's that's how an insurance company would find a way to screw you. <laughs> so Emily is showing the, the team the destruction, and, and her Roomba commits suicide, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. One of those, it's like, what else could go wrong in a Roomba? Just, <laughs> Hey, want to see me tempt fate? What else could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> The team is very helpful, though, in trying to find her a new place. And we also, we find out a little earlier, I don't think I wrote it down earlier in this episode, that our our, her, our, our co-worker, Wendy, has had some legal problems with a petting zoo, and she's she has a, uh, a leg bracelet, uh, anklet on, you know, when she gets too close to a, a petting zoo, apparently. And, and all we're, all we're told is it is what you think. Yes, it's a, that's all the details we know, and that's all we want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Wayne's security, Van gets himself a visit from uh, Dean West. Your two guesses who that is. Adam West himself, the chairman who has come from Gotham to talk to, uh, talk to Van about something important. And Van, of course, thinks it's him being promoted to uh, to the board. But Emily is summoned to meet uh, the chairman, and since she's wearing a shirt that Wendy gave her earlier, she's called Catwoman, because we can't miss that pun. She's wearing a cat shirt, by the way, kids. Um, Emily is told that she has to fire one of her now close-knit group because of the attack in Gotham, and Van eagerly asks if uh, Mr. West came for any other reason, and West says no, and he's sorry, as he admits it's kind of a gratuitous cameo. <laughs> well played. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they hit all the, all the jokes you would want in an Adam West uh, appearance in this one, and it was great. The aliens are continuing their rampage. Emily is dumping her anguish on Jackie, as, as she usually does, and vows that she's going to find other places to cut back on so she doesn't have to fire anyone. Uh, yeah, man plans and God laughs. Emily takes her presentation to Van, who is wallowing in some serious self-pity, and it's very funny. Uh, she gets Van to sign her budget and leaves him to eat day-old Cheetos off of himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know they tell you if you're rich and you know people you'll get ahead in life <laughs> it's not fair yeah 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 it was great yeah alan tudyk you know he just is awesome in everything and he was good in this show <laughs> he was great and he was getting better yeah, they were giving him better stuff anyway Teddy and Ron, two of our techs, are uh, watch, watching a YouTube-type video of someone trying to recreate the conditions that gave the Flash his powers. Electricity and chemicals, of course, and it doesn't end well for him. And Van comes in and decides he wants to try it himself, having nothing more to lose. Uh, Ron tries to warn him against it, 
and Van is steadfast in monologues for a bit, and Ron asks the obvious question of whether or not they're creating a supervillain, because Van's like, you know, basically like, I'll show everyone! Ha 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 of course, the shock knocks out Van, and when he wakes up, Teddy and Ron mess with him uh, to make him think it worked. It's just beautiful. I mean, this is such a great episode. It really was. You know, they do the whole, uh, they're pretending to be in slow motion, so he thinks he's the Flash now, essentially. And he, he runs into the office with his super speed and is laughed at by everyone. Wait, wait, wait. And, and what is he wearing? Ugg boots. I did not take note of that. <laughs> with, with short pants, he's wearing Ugg boots. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was some good gags in this, and not all Batman, you know, centric, which was which was one of our complaints in the earlier episodes. But uh, Teddy, of course, is filming all of this for his podcast, and it's a vlog. Teddy, come on, get your terms right, man. Writers, whatever. Uh, this is a podcast, and you can't see me flipping you off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Emily meets Chairman West in the hall and asks if he got the budget, and he did, and is impressed how profitable the division could be. And later in a meeting with all the employees, he announces the division has been sold to LexCorp because of Emily's budget, making it such an attractive property. Well done, Emily. So the Wayne team is summoned to meet the LexCore uh, R&D team, and which looks and acts like an alternate version of themselves. And Wendy and her doppelganger bond over a mutual parole officer, of course. Emily's trying to bond with Jackie over staying in touch after unemployment. And he's basically like, oh, we'll stay friends. And Jackie's like, you're nuts. We're co-workers. You know, we're never going to talk to each other again. Until somebody dies. <laughs> yeah, until somebody dies. Well, I'll show up at Wendy's. They agree. They'll show up at Wendy's funeral. <laughs> but, of course, Emily uh, sees this as a challenge and, and bounds away on a wave of annoying positivity. <laughs> And, of course, as Jackie is leaving, she steps in Van's little bucket of chemicals and is struck by lightning. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> File that one away, kids. At LexCorp, the team is enjoying the inventions. Uh, Ron is enamored with the nacho cheese dispenser, which apparently has a completely cal- calorie-free uh, cheese or something of that effect. Van is there, and we see that he has shaved his head to suck up to Lex Luthor, but he wants the team to, of course, say that he's always been bald. <laughs> a cheery LexCorp employee comes by and informs them that they are being hired for their own division, but Jackie is going to be left in the dirt as they don't hire assistants. And then Emily tries to organize an ultimatum to quit unless they hire Jackie too, and the team basically laughs at her, having been pampered and put in bathrobes at this point. So while looking for the therapeutic dolphins, apparently a LexCorp perk, Van opens the door on what is apparently the evil alien wormhole that the Justice League is actually off looking for. I think they actually mentioned the Justice League in this. Yes, they do. Wendy is thinking it's just another fun perk, leaps into it and disappears, and she comes back moments later on a horse and in full barbarian garb. She's been busy and she came back for the Game of Thrones because she doesn't want to miss the next season. And I gotta say, you know, they dress Wendy very frumpy in this. Normally, she kind of looked good in that armor. I she gotta did. Say. She I did. I was a little like, "Whoa, we need more barbarian Wendy." I'm so shallow. Emily immediately goes. Now it really makes you wonder about the petting zoo. <laughs> yes, it does. But 
I'm jealous of those animals. <laughs> Emily immediately goes to try to shut it down. The wormhole, that is, not Barbarian Wendy, because who would? Cheery Lex, LexCorp guy busts in and uh, informs them of their impending murders with the positivity of a motion, motivational speaker. And a euthanasia guy comes to offer them designer poisons that they can take. (laughs) But suddenly Jackie, with super speed powers, saves the day. And she concedes that she likes them enough that she didn't want them to die. And the wormhole is unplugged. Literally. Yep. Uh, Still facing unemployment, uh, the team agree to remain a family. Emily goes in for a hug and Jackie speeds away. Uh, We get a closing monologue from Chairman West talking to a tree, uh, and Van says he's going to call Bruce as the chairman's uh, lucidity might be in question. That's pretty much our, unfortunately, final final curtain for Mr. West. Uh, I don't know if he did anything else. He did... uh, wasn't there a Batman 66 animated, I think? Yes, he did the voiceover yeah. in one, and there was a second one that he did complete. Oh, excellent. Okay, so... And William Shatton is in the second one as well. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that's epic. <laughs> he plays two, Two-Face. No, that's nice. Nice. I did not know that. Coming I soon. Check those out. Yeah. So his, you know, Adam West left us left left us some Batman as his last legacy, and left us some some DC Comics fun as his legacy. So as I said earlier, not a bad way to go out. No, not at all. Kind of wish they they played this episode earlier in the season, though, man. I, I really think this one could have could have grabbed some more people. I think this kept was, some more people. I think this was. The best one they did, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen the ones they aired, but this was the best. And it wasn't, he wasn't in it that much, actually, but I mean, it was just kind of a perfect amount, but the uh, the whole show in general was just kind of firing on all cylinders for a change. Um, I thought it was really funny. The whole thing was funny. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I said, I, I've... He, some of these characters did finally grow on, you know, the, you know, the Jackie thing, and, and you know, the... The writing was consistent in the show, at least, and I'll give them that much. And it wasn't wasn't enough to grab enough people, I guess. It kind of it just astounds me how like some shows like this, which you'd think would just be that's a, I mean, it's harmless fun. It's Twenty two minutes that I sit down and watch while I'm eating a meal and and have a few laughs, and and then shows like sorry, I know a lot of you like the whole Big Bang Theory thing, but I it still astounds me that that show has gone for like seven or eight seasons now or whatever. Seven, it's on I think ten or eleven. No way, really? I, I, how yeah. do you? No, I just <laughs> I don't know how you stretch that concept out that long. Let and, me take a look here because this we need kind of Big Bang. Yeah. Theory, you know, and that's just a bunch of nerds sitting around talking about comic stuff. This is actually set in the comic universe, you know. Ten years, wow, in the can. Eleven is coming. I don't get it. I, I, I mean, I've watched a couple episodes. I've kind of fully enjoyed them, but it's nothing that really made me want to sit through ten years of it. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't see the the characters really having the potential to grow that much on that show. well, whatever, you know, to each their own, but I just, it, sometimes I just don't get it how a show like this fails so quickly and others just keep coming back like a you know, bad case of herpes. 
<laughs> yeah, this this episode though hit everything. All hit on all cylinders. Yeah, it was and really the, funny. It was funny. The, the flash stuff. I mean, it was just brilliant. You know, someone trying to recreate. You know, because if with YouTube generation, man, if we really were in DC Comics. You know, world. Someone would be trying that. Some people would be getting killed all over YouTube. You know, trying to be superheroes. <laughs> I'm surprised oh, they haven't absolutely. done it on stuff on like the Flash Arrow shows because it would be kind of a nice little self-aware nod of of what the social media culture would be. You know, the Darwin Award winners that wouldn't inevitably off themselves like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but the, the, the humor in this, there was so much stuff that was funny. Adam West was funny. I I thought he played the part perfect because mm-hmm. he had the whole Bruce Wayne persona being cool and calm and all that and then playing off the stuff that was funny in that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the part there where uh, they don't know what's going to happen to them. <laughs> and he, he turns to face you. Yeah. And he appears to be talking to you. To the camera breaking the fourth wall, and yeah, right. In fact, Alan Tudyk leans into the scene like, "What are you? Who are you talking to?" <laughs> yeah. And he says something like, "Will they lose their jobs? Will they this? Will they that?" He says, "To find out next week." He says, "What? Well, well, why next week?" And he turns back to them and goes, "Well, that's when the HR director comes back from <laughs> yeah. vacation." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he starts babbling to a tree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious if the last episode would have followed this up. I, I it, it would have had to. I think I did watch it, and, and I'm not sure it did really. It, it's almost. I wonder if this is released as 11, but it was actually meant to be a lot later. Because I had read that it was supposed to be the penultimate episode and I the next one doesn't really address it so I think they're I think maybe they only shot 12 but they're planning on maybe airing this one you know if they had gotten you know they probably maybe would have switched the schedule if they had gotten picked back up and they would have like done more of a cliffhanger or something I don't know it, it is weird because I've watched the next one and it doesn't doesn't really follow this at all so hmm. I watched I think it was either nine or ten though. And, uh, which I said, we'll, we'll have to figure out how to get to you somehow. Um, but it actually starts off with a race between Flash and Superman. But of course, it's just a red streak that goes by and uh, a little joke with Teddy holding out a glass, you know, just in case the Flash wants to stop to hydrate. He wants to meet the Flash, <laughs> <laughs> which he does, you know, it's in a blur. And then all of a sudden something's written. Thanks for the water. Signed the Flash on his T-shirt. So, I mean, you know. Come on. This show did, did do its job as far as throwing out the, the DC Easter egg. You, you cannot deny that. We get to see Starro. We get to see a couple minor DC characters still not happy that, like, we only really saw, like, the Crimson Fox, right. Green Flame, or whatever fire they were calling fire in this. Wasn't there a pumpkin head of the pumpkin? Yeah, he was something? in, like, most of them. You know, they had a supervillain. It was the jack-o'-lantern guy. Right, right. He overstayed his welcome quite a bit. But that's one of the things they probably could have tweaked a little, done a little more variety on. But, but they they had some solid DC Easter eggs in this show. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to actually recapping them, but there were some pretty good jokes 
in some of the early episodes about Aquaman. You know, they had some some minor guys from Atlantis visiting Charm City, and you know, essentially they had never met Aquaman. But you know, so so Van used some some bullshit on him, saying he could get him to get to introduce him to Aquaman, their own king, you know, so to get him to do what he wanted or something like that. <laughs> now, when they went to uh, uh, LexCorp, mm-hmm. did you get the vibe that they were working for Google? It's kind of, or Apple or something like that, yeah. Really? So it, basically, <laughs> they, they painted LexCorp as, like, you know, the, the new millennial slash hippie hipster in a workforce and it was it was well done it was like yeah sure that's how it probably would be but also and, evil and when Alan Tudyk he, he's got it he's sitting in a chair there when they arrive and it's shaped like an egg yeah. and it turns around and he's sitting in the chair did you get a Blofeld vibe oh totally yeah I'm sure that was intentional or maybe the egg was an egghead intentional yeah could have Mm-hmm. I bet so. you it's that's it, the egghead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just great. I mean, they could have gone full Batman in this episode, and they didn't. They got we get a Justice League mention, Flash callouts, you know, LexCorp. So the, this was truly powerless, doing I think what it it set out to do, and just doing it as best as it could. And they they should have, they probably should have thrown the hail mary pass like this one, you know, earlier on in the season, but. It's going to make a comeback. Alan Tudyk uh, cult curse, we'll call it. Sure, I'm going to trademark that. Uh, <laughs> five years, someone will, you know, they'll, there'll be a fan petition to start the the movie, and I'll watch. And maybe we'll get a we'll get a comic out of it as well. Sure, that would that would have been DC would have been smart to do that, like launch a comic with it, you know. I don't know. Marvel doesn't really care much about the cross TV comic synergy right now, really. But but even uh, Marvel has done like a Agents of Shield comic, I think. I think you're right. That started. Um, so yeah, it, it never hurts. But I I don't know what happened with some of the show, you know, and I don't know why they didn't maybe support it or market it a little better, but. It was what it was, and, and we got a great send-off to, to Adam West with it. So, I, I mean, It was so cool that they released it. I mean, the, DC could have just been like, no, it just it never happened. You know, we didn't air it, so we're not going to show it. And I thought, thought it was a very classy, classy act, classy thing to do to, to release this to the public. I want to beat one dead horse a little bit. Mm-hmm. The t- tying into current events. Yeah. When they did this on Supergirl, I'm going to be honest with you, it annoyed me. They did it on this program. I got to tell you the truth. I found it funny. Yeah. Because you get the whole business with the alien attack. And as you said, President Luthor is at Mara Luthor instead of Mara Lago. Yeah. And he tweets out. You know, we're going to build a space wall and the aliens are going to pay for it. Yeah. And one of the comments, they're all sitting in the room watching this on TV is, I can't believe we elected a president that tweets all in capitals. Yeah. And Van responds to that. I don't care. I got a tax cut and I can dump whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the. 
they wrap it up at the end. <laughs> they wrap it up at the end with because now Luthor is behind this. There's a, a banner on the screen that says GOP won't impeach President Luthor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good. I left it out of the recap just because I didn't want to add more of the political stuff. But it was it was a great joke, actually. Yeah, I like I said, you know, my views are a little more on conservative side. Supergirl annoys me. Mm-hmm. I found it funny. Well, that's it worked better here because this is a comedy show. So, and as I said, you you always make fun of the president's an easy target in any administration. You know. Uh, Ford was falling down, you know. Ray, Reagan was Reagan. <laughs> you know? Well, there you go. W. Yeah. Bush gave us plenty of uh, pl- plenty of material. Um, you know, Obama even had his things. So you always make fun of the president. As I said, I, it's a personal thing that I don't. I don't think you should. I don't think you should date yourself by hitting it that. You know, that close to the mark you know it's too much on the nose maybe but it, it worked for this show but uh and in supergirl it was you know it was a dramatic thing more than you know a comedic thing right and supergirl to me it came off as preachy or reprimandive with yeah. this was funny it really was funny yeah. if i if i re- recall correctly when we i think we did podcast that that episode i think i even called it out then and it's just like yeah whatever you know Get back to the punchy, punchy. <laughs> <laughs> but Van is Van was hysterical in this one. He really was funny when he's laying there with the Cheetos on him, complaining about how uh, the world is supposed to be the you know if you're rich and you have money and connections, you can arrive, as opposed to actually knowing how to get things done. Right. The world is upside down. Yeah, you know that's been consistent with his character. He's played the. The the rich clueless douche in the in the whole show, so it it definitely wasn't character for him. Well, how about when he finds out the guy is dead in Gotham, and he has to call the wife up to offer his condolences, yeah, yeah, but he's not yeah. saying. Yeah, he uses like he, he he literally says Emily comes in and dumps her sob story, and he's like, well, his his immediate reaction was, you know, she's like, all my stuff is gone, and. You know, and he's he's like he's in shock because she can keep all her stuff in one place, right in one room. He's so sad for her, and he's like, "Wait, I'm going to use this. I should call the widow right now." <laughs> <laughs> and he says to her, "Yes, I know it's sad. Don't I sound sad?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't I sound sad? Yeah, yeah everyone held uh, it in this episode. And it was it was a good. Could send off, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna miss the show. Actually, now that I've seen all twelve of them, I do want more. Oh well. Yeah, Adam West, R.I.P. Thanks for all the stuff. Yeah. Great loss. Very sad to see him go. Very sad. It's like, uh, especially for us, it's it was such a big part of our growing up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, I, and you know, Honeywell always kind of poo poos these things, and he's right. He's like, yep, you know, big surprise, you know, eighty year old celebrities are dying. You know, it's what happens when you get to that age. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we know, but and it's always weird when you feel bad that someone you literally don't know passes. But it's like it's the influence, you know. You don't have to 
He was in our living rooms every afternoon. He's, you know, Adam West is my buddy. I'm his little buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're his little buddy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, oh, God. I don't know. Anything further, David? No, I think that really sums it all up. Yep. It was great. A great episode. I really had a good time with this one. Yeah. yeah. I watched it with twice with two generations. I watched it with my daughters the first time and today with my mother. Excellent. So, well. The younger generation liked it a lot more than the older generation. Really? That's cool. Uh, That's the only other thing over this show. I think it it struggled to find its audience. I don't know if it really knew what audience it was trying to grab. certainly had plenty of stuff for us older comic fans, but um, it was definitely too adult in some spaces for, for really young kids. And, yeah, I just don't know. Maybe it was the day it was set or whatever, but... Should have done better, but didn't. But the good news is we got some uh, new stuff happening soon on on Weekly Heroics. Uh, Can try to get back in the swing of things for you now that I'm nearly moved. Uh, But we've got Preacher just started, so me and the hero will be covering that very, very soon. And uh, we've got several other things in the can. Defender's coming up in August. Holy crap. We'll probably have to break down and break our TV thing again for Spider-Man Homecoming because I will not be able to restrain the hair metal hero from talking about that. And uh, I, I need to do some more movie stuff, too, because uh, Paul Spataro over on Is It Jaws is hogging all the good ones lately. <laughs> it's, it's the race now, Paul. It's a race. <laughs> Superhero movies are supposed to be mine, man. <laughs> You want me to go over there and take care of him? Take care of him. You lunge at him, David, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't me, don't make me have to come out there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can all use plenty of room on a network for us all. Uh, but, yeah, we got that all coming out. Pretty sure we'll start very, very soon. Um, I'm going to recap episodes one and two for you here within a week, and we'll get it out for you. So I guess I'll say goodbye. Thank you for joining me, David. It's a pleasure. It's always a great time to be here. And uh, we're Weekly Heroics. Weeklyheroics at yahoo.com again. Haven't checked the email. We'll check it on the next show. So now you have time to write us. And uh, so we'll be here next week, whenever next week gets here. Bye now. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. You? I fooled you. I kept my reason by reciting the multiplication tables backwards. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>